Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Welcome back, guys. Born and Raised Audio Experience brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Um, today, we're going to do what we did just a while back. It was a huge hit. Had a lot of uh, other questions come in um, on the Instagram, right? Yeah. So we got me and Noah here today in the studio, and we're going to throw out some hopeful, hopeful knowledge that you guys can use at some point in your life. Yeah, a lot of these, we're doing another rapid fire Q&A is kind of what we called this last time. I just did a couple polls on the Instagram story. Um, and a lot of these this time are actually a little bit more hunting based too. So you can tell us what you like. If you like some of the more fun lifestyle questions, what we could call them, what we kind of did last week. Um, if you guys aren't on Instagram, uh, info at bornandraisedoutdoors.com. I handle pretty much all the emails too. So yeah. anyway, if you ever have a topic or something you'd like to hear us talk about, throw it into the email and, uh, I will definitely try to get to it. So it's kind of our favorite thing to, to cover is what you guys want to hear and what you guys are wondering about. A hundred percent. I could go on here and blab questions. all day. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. Exactly. So Dan B0516, uh, we're going to start with this question. Relating to this year's Land of the Free, um, are we going to see out-of-state hunts again next year? Yeah. So, uh, Dan, great question. Um, we kind of just, we burned we burned some serious points this year. I think just in Oregon, I added it up. It was like 64 years of points that we burned this year just in Oregon. So, and that can't sustain itself for next year. So, we're going to have to probably uh, look elsewhere. That being said, we just... Got on the draw, got a couple different Idaho tags. So deer, deer and elk, deer and elk waited in the queue for that one for a while. That's a different Idaho has a whole different system, but that's a whole different podcast altogether. But, um, yeah. So, and then as we start applying for tags, hopefully we'll know more honestly here in the next, you know, I don't know, three months or so, but yeah, we will definitely be probably, I can almost guarantee we'll be out of state next year. I feel like it'd be safe to say at least three states, including Oregon. I would say, yeah, yeah between, without knowing for sure what else we're going to draw yet, but we kind of have a good idea on some other states. So yeah. without getting too far into that, my big one is Steve's getting pretty darn close on Nevada for elk. And if you know anything about Nevada elk, it's like, yeah, it's going to be a tag. And it's I know Cody has getting to a pretty good place in Wyoming too. So yes. he's he's getting close there. Yeah, um, for some awesome tags. So hopefully, cool content this next year for you guys. Yeah. Um, Here's kind of a cool one. I know it's been a question that we received before. Um, Conaway won. I'm curious about the story behind bringing Eric Strand and the Bro family and how that all came to fruition. Oh, man. It's really, really cool. Uh, getting to meet Eric here just the last few years and then bringing him in when we, we started our call company. So born and raised call co we have that. And then Eric is part owner in that. He's just like the duck and goose 
so is Cody and so is Noah and all these guys are big time in the duck and goose thing and uh, just it just felt it was just right to bring Eric in with his expertise and um, it just been and it, that just kind of was an easy transition honestly for him to come along with us for deer hunting for elk hunting this last year and in in Wyoming went and filmed him on a on a really cool tag that he had and uh, just it's just been a great he's been a great addition to the team and we're going to see him a lot more I think you guys will see him a lot more moving forward and and um, yeah it's just it, it's awesome the the group is getting the family's getting bigger yeah. right and his expertise in manufacturing and he's been a part of that process for a long time and the and the waterfowl call calling world is invaluable for for us and what we're doing now it's been a lot of help yeah a lot of help um cameron billows have you guys ever thought of doing an archery meal deer hunt Archer Mildred, that's kind of, there is some stuff on the docket for that, actually. There's yeah. some, a couple of cool tags. Oregon doesn't have a whole lot for archery no. in the Mildred zone. So there is a couple cool tags that actually are coming um, here in the next little while. Possibly draw some archery mule deer. Yeah. yeah. I know Steve and Cody are getting to a pretty good point range in Oregon and are have been tossing around the idea of doing an archery um, rat hunt here. That's a pretty fun one. So, yeah. That that's definitely on the table. No no decisions yet on it, but it's definitely been thrown around. Still needs to be drawn though. That's the whole hard thing. It's, yeah, it's still you still got to draw it. So. And with the proposed changes in Oregon, it's yeah. gonna the next couple of years. It's gonna be weird trying to guess what tags are gonna go for point wise. Yeah. So yeah, um, what was your guys' favorite hunt this year and why? Favorite hunt this year? Oh man, there were so many good hunts this year. We had, I, I, I'm just going back through this morning on just our video log that we've already got going. And man, I just remember I was really fortunate this year to be on most all of the hunts. And, uh, man, there was some awesome ones, but yet there's still some awesome ones to come too. You know, I, I don't know. What's yours? You got to pick one right now. Three, two, two one. one. Pick. Uh, uh, Strand killed his first bull. Uh, with a rifle this year that was pretty fun that was cool that was pretty fun a lot of them are different you know i got to go my hunt was pretty special this year because my dad got to go the whole time so he was there with me for like 15 days and that was pretty special i'd say your hunt was definitely my not definitely but if i had to choose one was my favorite because we stuck it out for a long time and um your dad was there and we had a big group there and it all came together at a at a perfect perfect moment perfect time. like that it was kind of we compare it to our um our archery hunt where steve and cody the day they killed was the only day that everyone could be there it was That's the day true. trevor was leaving and the day strand got there that is true and then your rifle tag it was it was the same deal it was um trevor <sighs> came back on a surprise whim and it was the day steve got there and it was the only day that everyone could be there besides cody because he was um up in alaska yeah um longest from Carson Ostrom 23 longest mileage put on in a day hunt what's feasible so like on a bivy hunt we we try to break it up as far as most bivy hunts I would say from actually having logged a lot and stuff like that of of stuff like GPS and stuff like that is I would say you're going to hike anywhere from on a short day 5 miles on a long day it's going to be a 13 mile day yeah. but it's not going to be like a huge grind on you know you're going to try to 
it can be, don't get me wrong. It can be as hard as easy as you want, but I would just keep, if you keep a steady pace, you can do 10 miles a day pretty easy. Yeah. And it depends on the terrain too. So it's yeah. with super broken up terrain, you're just not able to cover the ground that you'd want to, to even hunt efficiently. So it just, but normal archery stuff, like, you know, if you're yeah. hunting, uh, maybe your normal Colorado or Wyoming stuff with meadows and timber and yeah. all that, you're going to, yeah, you're going to do that in a day pretty pretty easily if you just kind of keep moving not running not you know just keep moving you know so yeah this one might not be the perfect question for trent and i but we're gonna tackle a little bit this should Um, be good brooks underscore j number one thing to look for when turkey hunting terrain wise i have a lot of expertise in this i really appreciate the question Uh, my guide service is taking off okay if you watch some of our stuff from last year, Turkey Time Trent, Turkey Triple T, Triple T Guide Service, uh, no, um, no. What what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for terrain wise when turkey hunting? What seemed like to me, honestly, I've just been with like Strand and and Cody are great turkey hunters, and um, so Noah's a good turkey hunter too. I just don't do it very much, and and um, anyway, but it just seemed like it needs openings. It needs open stuff. They want to see. They are very visual animal. So uh, timber, open timber, uh, can be pretty thick at times, but yeah. it still has to have some like oak patches where it has some openings yeah. and stuff. I'd say to touch on that we're mostly hunting public land i mean pretty much all public and public land mountain birds where it's a lot of timbered birds but we're hunting them in the spring and so we're looking for strut zones too like within within those timbered areas areas that they can they can um stretch the legs and and uh look for hens and uh just train breaks kind of like kind of like elk honestly and the and some of the steep terrain we hunt um we're just looking for little benches and stadium ridges that's gonna that's gonna hold a gobbler where he can hole up and feel safe but still locate some birds around him you had me at strut zone yeah strutting strut zone uh any ideas when you will be getting more meat bags in stock? Yeah, so we got, oh, this has been a giant nightmare, guys, and I appreciate you guys for kind of just sticking with us here and waiting if you haven't got any yet in the couple different shipments that we've had. But So now we, we, are, we have a provider, a new sewing provider. This is our third one, so... Yeah, you can kind of hear the frustration maybe in my voice a little bit. But, um, yeah, it seems like everything is going great, and it, it seems like a really good fit. So, actually, Troy is down there right now at the sew shop as we speak and okay. taking photos and going through some stuff on the on that side of things. But um, we are going to have a shipment in this next week, and depending on when you guys hear this, which should be about the same time we'll have a shipment in, yeah. and then we'll be getting a shipment every single month after that. So, and as soon as we get them, they're going to you guys. So, hundred percent, yeah, we yeah. will not hold on to them for no no reasons at all. No. So they work awesome. Uh, just a you know kind of uh, testimonial about them as far as that goes. They've been really really good for us. They've they've worked yeah, really I think well. Everyone from the first wave has been very very yeah. well pleased. It's been well recepted. So uh, I'm going to kind of combine a couple questions here. Well, the first one is when are you coming to Minnesota to do a public land monster whitetail hunt? And the other one, someone was just uh, wondering what our interest level is in ever doing a Midwest whitetail hunt. Is that something we plan on doing or would like to do or have so any I, desire to do? I was just talking just two days ago with Patrick uh, from, from SIG, one of the main marketing managers for SIG, and um, on the rifle side of things so they're back in new hampshire and he does tracking so similar to what we do kind of 
around here a little bit, like in like if we go to rifle tag or whatnot, tracking elk around here, but they do whitetails in the snow. And he tracked one down. It said it took him two and a half hours of hiking. And I can't remember how many miles he went, but finally tracked the thing down and got a shot on it. And it was, it's a really nice, that's pretty cool, really nice buck. And so I would love, love to do that at some point. Uh, the tree stand whitetail game, I would be willing to definitely try it out. It's just, um, I don't know. It doesn't like, I like mule deer hunting a lot. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely have an interest and in, I actually, have a trip plan next year to go to Pennsylvania for at least a couple days. I have a buddy who has... You used to. Yeah, used to have plans. Yeah, so this is the first time hearing of this. <laughs> and first I'm also time. breaking it to Trent right now on, 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 <laughs> on the air, so you guys can hold him accountable to let me do that. But yeah, we'll film it or whatever too if I go. But it, I, I have a little bit of an interest. I kind of just more want to see what it's all about. I don't say I have like a, a burning desire because I haven't tried it yet. You, know? you ever sat in a frozen tree? That's what I mean. I'm going to see what it's all about. I'm going to, I'm going to put my 12 hours in a day. It gets and, cold. It and, gets cold. And do that just to, to shoot an okay buck, hopefully. Um, is Pennsylvania a good buck state? There's some good, not, not like, and all you guys, if I'm wrong, just, this should be just good. grill this should, me on this. This but should be real good. From the area that uh, my buddy is from there, they have pretty good deer numbers. And you're not going to shoot like, there are there are giants, but you're not going to shoot a giant. I mean, typically. Like, if you're, if you're finding, in the area he's in, and from what I've gathered from him, like, if you're shooting a 130, 140 buck, like, you're... You're doing something like that's kind that of seems a, big to me. kind of a big deal in that area. That so seems like, big. yeah, I mean, it seems, yeah, it seems huge to yeah, me. I don't know. Yeah, but we're used to blacktails. You got to be, you know, you got to think yeah. of that. So you got to think though. In other parts of the country, there's giants, some, some giants, and yeah. people are shooting 180 yeah. and 190 bucks. Oh, uh, don't worry, I go to Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. I've just heard Iowa's good. A. Chapman uh, wants to ask Trent, how's it feel to kill the biggest elk of the season? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie to you, bud. Chapman, it feels pretty darn good. <laughs> it was uh, That hunt was just such a roller coaster. It had everything in the hunt that um, that it's supposed to. you know. And I'm going to do an uncut on, on that hunt, actually. I'm going to sit down and kind of go through the thought process of why I did a rifle hunt instead of a bow hunt. And I want to I want to really dive into that. And it might be for another whole podcast on its own one time, but um, yeah, there's a lot of different things that that I felt in in myself going into that hunt, and um, just to have it come out like it did, and have my dad there, and and Trevor there, and and just it was yeah, it was pretty darn amazing. Just the way I don't think anybody could have scripted it probably any better. No, and it's kind of funny that like I remember that day. It was the day before everyone was coming. Chase and I were talking. Um, Chase, one of our new cameramen, he, he was on that trip and we were talking. He's like, man, it kind of seems like things just happen for you guys. Not last minute, but in the perfect moment, like timing wise, going back to how, right. um, our Steve and Cody's archery tags is the only day everyone could be there. It's just, it's pretty cool how it always seems to come together at the perfect moment. Uh, Dale Jones, 75, four Wyoming non-resident elk points. Do I use them or save them? 
Man, ah, that is a tough one. I haven't been into the Wyoming draw real deep lately. So all I know is I've all I've ever got was honestly a general season Wyoming. That's all I've ever drawn. Yeah. So and that hunt alone is just something amazing. When the first time we ever went to Wyoming on the general hunt, it was it just opened our eyes so much, you know, just being from on the Oregon coast here. Yeah. And just so much <laughs> different oppor- world. Oh, it's so fun. And opportunity wise and just so many L and yeah four points it i guess it just depends on what you want so i guess we talk from a standpoint of a lot of times like if we don't draw something we can just go hunting there's a lot of people that just can't do that yeah that live in places or states that like if they don't draw in their state they're not going to hunt well yeah. i would definitely you know if that's the only hunt that you're going to be able to do that year i would definitely cash and i would i would do, yeah i would i would go for a hunt not knowing anything about his background you know he could live in a state where you can't hunt every year he could uh, be in the in the pool where it's like he's waited four years to go on an elk hunt i just giving out scenarios here we obviously don't know anything about his background but i know in that three to six point range there's some there's some good stuff over there where you can have you can have an awesome time so yeah i guess it just depends you have any other hunts planned for the year or for the future is that you know you want to get out there and do it i think you can have an awesome experience in that point range so if that's what you're looking for and there's uh not many other options around where you are or in other states i'd, I'd say go for it and go have the time of your life go plan an adventure yeah definitely not a question but ryan peterson just wanted to say thank you for awesome content thanks ryan which appreciate we appreciate that. and touching on that like the the feedback we've gotten this year has been pretty cool i mean it's been, I'd the say views about, have been pretty incredible. Yeah, like ninety nine percent positive. Yeah. Like yeah. all all great feedback on on all the hunts. So it's been it means the world to us to see that, and we we read all the comments and try to respond to everything we can. And two, we try to put it out there too. Like you know, we wounded an elk this year. Strand hit that one in the shoulder blade, yeah. and it's like we're gonna we we showed it. We're gonna show you guys that stuff. We're gonna. I mean, we're human. We're human just yeah. as much as anybody else. And it's like we make mistakes, and and there'll be times that you know it, it just it just stuff happens. And um, yeah. if it can help you guys, and that's where we kind of come from the backbone of if it can help you guys in the future, like um get through something that you've you know had a mishap with or or however that comes to fruition it's something that we definitely want to show so yeah and to pump up strand and matt too it's not an easy thing to to show your your bluster on on this platform i mean you yeah it's in the public eye and it's hard but that's what we do is we show everything so that we can learn from it and so that you guys can can too and it's it's not an easy thing no you know no. it's um but the responses have been awesome but you guys have say. been awesome the support as as the, yeah supportive and just getting behind us at the same time and saying hey pick your head up you know yeah it's it's pretty amazing pretty amazing community out but there that's always been one of your guys biggest goals right i mean just showing the reality of it and Correct. and how things actually go down just so it's uh it's more personable for every for every viewer to to see exactly what it's like being not realistic this, yeah not this image of hunting that's not what everyone else gets to see right right um you guys going to the salt lake sportsman show this year 
As of right now, I don't have it planned, but uh, okay. As of right now, I don't have a booth right now. We don't have a booth in the at, at Salt Lake. We've had a giant booth at Portland and yeah. hope to see everybody there. We did not go last year because of COVID. This year, we're doubling down yeah. and we'll have a huge booth with a lot of different uh, people in yeah. our booth. So it'll be a super good time. Salt Lake. Um, I hope to make it. I hope there's, to go. Yeah, there's a slight yeah. possibility of us being there yeah. and maybe in someone else's booth as yeah, well just maybe. to get some FaceTime with you guys in. But we'll let you know if Definitely. something gets solidified there. Definitely. Trent, if you know, <laughs> what holster does Trent have on his Alaska Guide series vinyl? Yeah, it's a green one. It's green and it holds a... It's green and it holds a, a gun. I don't have it with me uh, right now. It's in the pickup, actually. But, um, yeah, I've been getting a lot of questions on that, actually. And I don't think that's the mode that I'm going to go with, like, for the future. So I um, I think I'll go with something behind my harness, maybe, or something of that nature uh, moving forward. So I did lose my gun. If you watch, I don't know if we even showed it, but I don't think we did. But I lost my gun out of there. And luckily, we made that same hunt days later, like two weeks later. And yeah, I, weeks later. I found, the, I found the gun, actually. It was on a crick crossing that I was making. And anyway, I'm very athletic. And I was doing a, a long jump, if you will, um, across a precipice. And some people would have actually probably not even been able to pole vault across and I had this stride of a of a of a of an athlete, and I ended up crumpled up in the mud <laughs> at the end. And uh, but my gun came out, and so everybody hopefully knows I'm joking about all this. But anyway, my gun came out, and and luckily I thought, man, it could have been there, you know, after we got clear back all the way to the pickups, and um, it was. We went back down, and I found it a little bit rusted. Yeah, and by that I mean. The coast really took a toll yeah, to it. That it marine really layer took, really took a toll. So to sum up everything, Trent just kind of vomited out. Um, he's getting a new holster. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah, doesn't yeah. know what that one is. I thought you're gonna get. Yeah, to, I thought you're gonna maybe no. highlight the athlete part. No, nothing. No, I nothing tried there. to skip over that. Oh. It was lost in translation. Weird. Question Weird. from Midwest Mountain Outdoors: uh, You locate a bull below you in the evening. Thermals are getting ready to switch. What's mm. your play? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I, I think a lot of people, I think the longer we do this, I think we really, really try to make smarter decisions rather yeah. than try to find elk the next day. Yeah. So I honestly think, you know, thermals are going down. If I can't get down like two ridges over and come in on his level maybe and, uh, you know, and try to do something of that nature, I would just leave him. He's not going to go anywhere that night. He's not, depending on what he's got going, depending if he's alone, if he's with the herd, if he, you know, whatever he's got going on. Um, try to go about your best case scenario. Back in the day, I wouldn't have said that. I would have said probably just do anything you can and try to skirt the wind and do all that. As we get older, I think we get a little bit wiser and, and it's like one more education to these elk is probably not what, what you're going to want, you know? Yeah. And I think the answer will always be the same unless it's the last last night of your hunt go for broke yeah go but for broke. if you have any i mean if you go even have broke. one more day to hunt and that bull's cracking off and he's in a spot back out of there and get to a safe spot and maybe just listen and then 
go get them in the morning. And I think that's going to help you too. I think it's going to help your, your, your psyche, if you will, if that makes any sense. But like going after an elk, like on a whim, like saying, ah, I, this might work and everything. It's going to get you riled up more. It's going to get, you know, it's going to make you more antsy rather than having a really good plan going into it. And like having that already mentally established, like, okay, this is the best case scenario, yeah. you know, going into it. From Miller Mike eighty three is over the counter elk hunting in Colorado still worth it? Yes, yes. over the counter hunting anywhere is worth it. And let yes. me tell you why. It's the experience. Even if you go and it's crowded as heck, and yeah. you're fighting people, and you're I'm just throwing out some scenarios, and you haven't found any elk, and you've looked at sign and everything, and then you know maybe you get on a herd, or maybe you get on whatever for your week or ten days, or however long you got your hunt plan, you're learning something. Yeah, you're not going to learn anything from home. You're just you just won't. You just won't get that knowledge of being out in the woods and doing it. You can watch all the videos you want, but until you smell elk and look at the sign and say okay i know i'm around elk you're not going to feel those same emotions you know as you can like watching a computer screen or pb screen or whatever so yes the all the i I would yes has colorado gotten more uh more popularity and a lot of people yes it has but just deem your hunt like that go into it thinking that like okay how am i going to get away from people yeah Uh, can i bail off right here at this guardrail on this paved yeah. huge double lane road yeah. and where nobody thinks i'm you know that you know, all there's there's a ton of ways to get yeah. away from people and find ways to not only separate yourselves physically from the crowd but hunt tactics wise i mean what what are you going to do different that's going to make you different or more successful from everyone else in there um and just guessing that what he's referring to is is the overcrowdedness and also don't let the fear of a negative experience keep you from going at all if you've seen some of our videos man we have gotten to parking lots that are just so stuffed with horse trailers and campers and stuff we're just going oh my goodness and went in there and two and three days killed two bulls in three days hunt that front country hunt those first two miles that everyone blows hundred percent hundred percent it's easier on you too yeah yeah there's no such thing as backcountry hunting anymore is there (laughs) i like the front not that i know not that i know lando underscore wayne biggest mistake while field dressing an animal and then i'll i'm gonna push this one one step further to further this question not only biggest mistake you can make while field dressing but in the aftercare too because that is just as important if not more important than the in the moment field dressing so biggest mistake that you can make is in my opinion and this is like a lot of people you could you could cut this 14 different ways but in my opinion it's the biggest mistake people make is they find an animal at night shoot it make a perfect i've seen it perfect double lung shot and go well we better leave him lay and come back in the morning or something of that nature and now especially here on on the coast, I think, you know, maybe, you know, Wyoming, and, and we've left elk overnight, don't get me wrong, and they were just fine, but I've also seen elk left over one night and yeah. spoiled that night. And I think a big misconception is weather, like, oh, it's cool out, whatever, we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But an experience we had this year with Trent's Bowl, it was snowing. Yeah. Cold, obviously, and we... To be honest, just the jaunt that we had it's to take so to get to his bowl, we were debating going back in the morning. But when we put all the pieces together, we watched that bull go down. We were 95% certain he was dead somewhere in there. And 
you know, and we went in and retrieved him. And the way he was laying, I mean, just off the way he was laying alone, if we would have left that bull overnight, there would have been some meat loss. Back straps would have been yeah, gone. Nothing to do with the weather, but the way he fell on 100%. that steep slope, he was upside down. 100%. And kind of up against a tree well, and it, it wouldn't have been good for meat cooling off. And so I say, yeah, just getting on that animal as soon as you can. The only scenario you leave them overnight is if you have no other options or if there's a lot of unknowns. Yes, if it's a marginal hit and everything, that they, and it goes back to the woodsmanship side of things too. It's like, okay, so you're saying that if I hit an animal, I should go after it, you know, no questions asked. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we saw the animal go down. We knew yeah. it was dead. There's no room, you know, there's a lot of people nowadays that, and this is going to sound terrible, but they want a picture in the daylight, yeah. you know, to spread no, on it's social. A real, it's a real thing. It's a real thing to yeah. spread on social media and all this crap. And it's just like, no, do the right thing for the animal. Go in there that same night. If you know he's dead, go get him, go get the, or just get the guts out of him and start letting him air out and he'll be just fine. He'll yeah. be just fine. But you need to, you need to pull the guts and start getting that uh, core temperature on the, on the downslide. Um, as far as like field dressing, um, just keep your meat clean. I mean, just in the act of field dressing, keep your meat super clean if you can. And yeah, you know, they're, you've seen videos. I'm sure they hit in the gut sack or something. Yeah. And just there's accidents that happen. There is definitely, but just keep your meat as clean as possible. And then after that, it's just like once you get that meat on the starting to cool down and you can, that meat is going to be, I mean, we've left meat hung in the back country. I just said the word again in the back country for, you know, up to, like six days just yeah. hanging. Yeah. If it's cold enough at night, you got it kind of by a crick. The uh, temperature's not going to come up like in the 80s or 90s or something like that. That that elk is going to be just fine. Get a good crust on it. Have some really good game bags. But it, the the what are you going for? You know your meat. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, let's get that taken care of as fast as we can. Yeah. So get it in a cooler, get it, uh, stabilized and, and, um, and, and then you won't have that in the back of your mind, you know, while you're still hunting, like, Oh man, what about my meat? What about my meat? You don't want that. You don't want that feeling. And I will say we have the benefit of harvesting most of our animals on film. Um, so that helps put a lot of the pieces together as yes. far as what we're going to do tracking wise most of the time. And that, that does help a lot. And then to make it simple, the only thing that should touch meat is other meat or your game bags. Yep. And that's yep. just, it is what it is. Um, what's your go-to optics rangefinder setup for different hunts? So, I mean, like between archery and rifle, are you switching your rangefinder and your, and your bino setup? Um, I wasn't this year. I used, I used the, the kilo, uh, the kilo binoculars, rangefinder binoculars. They were awesome. Um, they're, they're, I mean, every single, it seems like every six months they're coming out with a, better technology yeah. right um this year we used a lot of the image stabilizing if you haven't had a chance to use some of those go to your nearest dealer whoever deals in sig binoculars try them they're they're pretty amazing and the range finding binos are awesome yeah. i will say like for archery hunts though it might may not be as yeah. conducive uh the 10 by 30 self-stabilizing mixed with the handheld range finders like to me kind of the best combo for for archery hunting uh, especially with the self-stabilizing you can you can even hold them one-handed if you have your bow in the other hand you yeah. don't have to do the rest them on top of your cam deal or anything and so and that 10 by 30 is still backed out enough to where in the timber and 
and stuff they're they're pretty nice they're not they're not too too zoomed in sigs sigs like rangefinders and stuff like that i would say are far and above like yeah. they are at the top of rangefinders out there that i've ever ever used yeah i'll say like i just they're got good. mine a couple weeks ago and it's pretty spectacular technology in it yeah they just came out with one that i don't know if they're prototypes so i don't even know if i'm allowed to say this but anyway but, so we're saying it yeah so i'm gonna say it so um but uh they range four and a half miles yeah that's unreal so it, it's pretty yeah you yeah. can if you can see it you can range it pretty much it's, yeah, it's mine's pretty five thousand, and i was mind blown at that yeah i mean who's gonna be shooting two thousand you know twenty yeah, it's more yards. just for information on it other than anybody with a 6.5 Creedmoor. What? <laughs> okay. Takes When are we going to start seeing some blacktail videos? Oh, we do have a couple. We do have some this year, actually. Yeah, we do have good, some. Good question. Um, I'm actually going to pull up our schedule right here uh, to get you guys some this should be good. actual dates. So. Noah filmed a really good blacktail video this last week, and everybody's going to want to see. I don't want to talk about that. You you sure? You don't want to bring it up? I I zeroed on the weekend. I went down with the intent to self-film a a blacktail hunt in some country that's... Trophy blacktails. Yeah. I mean, there's great blacktail bucks in there, and uh, saw a lot of does. And it was for the first... The last weekend in December, it was 60 degrees. It was hot. At about 4,000 feet. So it was hot. If that tells you anything, it, it wasn't great conditions. But so you're going to see your first blacktail hunt. Um, Trevor's cousin, Robbie. So you're, you're you know, Robbie. So you're going to meet Robbie twice before you get to see him kill uh, a blacktail buck. You already, <laughs> you already saw him kill his first bull with a bow, which was, you all loved it. It was awesome. It was great experience for all of us to edit and to, and to be there. That was, that was one of the highlights of the year. It was pretty good. And then Robbie is also on Trent's bull hunt. And pretty just looking at the footage today, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Good. It was just awesome it to have him there. So your first blacktail hunt is technically going to be Robbie's buck. And you're going to see that around the 31st of January. Um, and then after that, we are rolling hard on some blacktail videos. Expect so four to five blacktail videos, including Alaska. Including Alaska, and that's another thing, guys. I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna space this thing out to where we're gonna be doing big game all year long. Yeah, all year. So it's not just gonna be land of the free and done. We're gonna try to keep this channel warmed up and and rocking yeah. all year long, and it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty awesome. And without getting into too much details, you can expect to see elk hunting videos until the later parts of January. Yeah. So almost two months from now, you're still going to be watching pretty cool elk hunting Pretty videos. good content. So yeah. we're super excited about that. Yeah, Definitely. then it's just rolling hard on deer for, for a while even after that. So it's, yeah, it's going to be good. There's some good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, we covered quite a bit of questions, and we're going to re- record some more podcasts today. Um, if you guys like these Q&As, let us know. Hit us with more questions. And if you're not on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere that you're seeing these stories that we're posting uh, with the rapid fire Q and A's, you can email Trent. Yeah. Email, email. Uh, Yeah. I do a lot of that and I'll try to respond to most every one that I get. I tried to at least respond to. So you can email us or text us questions or topics you'd like us to discuss. And it's one of our favorite things to do is 
answer if, what wants to be. If there's asked. any knowledge from yeah. our mistakes, <laughs> yeah. from our mistakes that we can help out with, we are more than happy. So thanks guys for listening to this one and uh, see you on the next one.